0: Hey kids, welcome. You found your way to one of the stranger shows on this radio station. It's called Songs of the Bizarre 2 on green beans, mushroom soup, and strawberry ice cream with me, Mark Gladstone, as your host. It's almost exactly two years since I hosted the first of these shows. Way back in November of 2016 was Songs of the Bizarre. So, yeah. I figured you were probably over that and could handle more by now. The songs on this show aren't necessarily new, some of them are, but some are from way back when musicians were freer to get insanely creative, let's say. And just a word of warning, there will be some profanity in this show, so if you're easily offended this might not be the show for you. I think Netflix probably has Mary Poppins or the Brady Bunch reruns and as far as I know that stuff's pretty safe for you people. So what actually qualifies as bizarre enough for this show? It can be almost anything, really. There's a few songs under two minutes long each in this show, which is kind of bizarre on its own. There's a song with about 10 different styles in it. A song about a love affair with an appliance. Yep, yeah, that's what I said, an appliance. And, well, lots more, but it's probably better we just get on with it. The first song just felt like it needed to be first in this show. It's only a minute and 52 seconds long, but it's a creepy little thing that would be great as the soundtrack to some serial killer movie. It's by David Berwald, who, if you're not familiar with the name, is half of David and David from years ago in their hit song, Welcome to the Boontown. That was in 1986. In 1993, he was part of the Tuesday Night Music Club, which eventually became and produced Cheryl Crow's debut album. Since then, he's released a fair bit of solo material, including this one, from 2016, released only as an internet download. No physical copy. This is Hi Ho, Nobody Home. David Berwald on Pacific Northwest Radio.
1: I hope nobody home
2: love nor hope nor honor have I none yet I will be merry I
1: hope I hope nobody home love nor
2: hope
1: I hope nobody
3: home, love nor hope nor honor have I none. Yet I will be married.
1: I will be nobody. I hope nobody home.
0: See, there's something sinister about that song. That was David Berwald with Hi Ho, Nobody Home, released in 2016 on the Hellbound Train EP, available only as a download. Going back a ways with this next one, it's not creepy like the last one, but it qualifies as bizarre because of the amount of different musical styles in it. There's classical, pop, adult contemporary some good old-fashioned saloon-style piano, marching band, Baroque, Vegas-style show tune, campy jazz, Mexican mariachi, progressive, symphonic, as well as a mix of some of those styles together, back and forth throughout the song. It's quite the work of art. On an incredible album released back in 1976, produced by Alan Parsons, and featuring some amazing keyboard work by Christopher North. Here's Dance With Me George from the Somewhere I've Never Travelled album. This is Ambrosia on Pacific Northwest Radio.
2: All my little George is saying Come on, dance with me, George The pants you're wearing, Mama And the cigar in your hand You know, the sort of put me up at first I didn't understand
0: You're back with Songs of the Bizarre 2, part of Green Beans, Mushroom Soup, and Strawberry Ice Cream, and me, Mark Gladstone. And that was definitely a bizarre song you were just listening to. Ambrosia, with Dance With Me George. That band is actually still together today with a few member changes, but three of the four original members are still there, including the keyboardist Christopher North. Great stuff from him in that last song. Ambrosia's always had amazing vocals and harmonies, which is why they were chosen personally by Alan Parsons to be on a couple of his albums. Okay, time for a little Canadian content now. This band is no longer together, but they sure were a lot of fun when they were around. From Montreal, Quebec, Bootsauce was formed in 1989 and stuck it out until 1996 when they disbanded. They won a Juno Award for Best Dance Recording in 1992 for their version of Hot Chocolate's Everyone's a Winner. They were also nominated for Most Promising New Group in 1991. They combined funk, soul, metal, and rock and maintained a sense of humor throughout. Here's a song from their first release, the Brown Album, in 1990. This is Let's Eat Out, some boot sauce. On Pacific Northwest Radio.
4: It's just the right thing to do and a tasty way to do it.
0: Yeah, it's just the right thing to do and a tasty way to do it. What are you people? On dope? That's some pretty funky shit right there. Boot sauce from nineteen ninety and the Brown album. That was Let's Eat Out. The lead vocalist in that band's name is Drew Ling. The guitar player is Perfume. Pretty crazy band right there. I miss those guys. All right, it's shameless plug time from my own band, Head. Some more Canadian content, too. And the shortest song on this show. At just a minute and 14 seconds long, this is a disturbing little musical interlude called The Prayer, which is an actual prayer recited by the character Alberta from the album Dear Father. It's pretty much just me on keyboards, lyric on spoken word, and some haunting violin and cymbal sound effects courtesy of producer Sheldon Zaharko. Here's the prayer, some head. You're listening to Pacific Northwest Radio.
2: Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep... If I should die before I wake I pray the Lord my soul to take In my little bed I lie Heavenly Father, hear my cry Lord protect me through the night And keep me safe till morning light God bless mommy And sister And brother And my dogs and cats And my pet fish And everybody in the whole wide world And dear God Tonight.
0: Amen. And dear God, please don't let Father kill us tonight. Amen. Yeah, if that doesn't give you nightmares, huh? Find out more about the story behind Alberta and her tragic life. Both of the Head albums deal with her story, so concept albums. That piece is from Dear Father, released this year, and we put out Afraid to Sleep in 2016 as well. Check out headmusic.ca for more information about those albums. You're listening to Songs of the Bizarre 2, part of Green Beans, Mushroom Soup, and Strawberry Ice Cream. With me, your host, Mark Gladstone. And now it's time for a little Frank Zappa. What kind of a show focusing on the strange and twisted would it be without Frank, huh? I could almost play anything from his extensive and very prolific career, over 50 studio albums, and it would fit on this show. But I chose one of my favorite periods of Zappa's. There were two releases Act One. Was put out first on its own, and then Act Two and Act Three released as a double album, all in 1979. Joe's Garage was a strange story overall about how the government was going to do away with music. The story is told by a character identified as the Central Scrutinizer, narrating the story of Joe, an average male teenager who forms a garage rock band has unsatisfying relationships with women, gives all of his money to a government-assisted and insincere religion, explores sexual activities with appliances, after which he's imprisoned. After being released from prison, he finds himself in a society in which music itself has been criminalized, and he lapses into insanity. That's the story in a nutshell. I'm going to play two songs from this masterpiece, both from Act Two. As a matter of fact, they run together as far as the story goes. This is Joe experimenting with his deviant sexual urges. First we'll play A Token of My Extreme, and we'll follow that with Stick It Out, both from Joe's Garage. This is Frank Zappa on Pacific Northwest Radio.
4: So okay. What is my problem? Tell me, can you see? Well, you have nothing to fear, my son. You are related to blind spanishes, it appears to me. That all seems very, very strange. I never craved a toaster or a color TV. A latent appliance fetishist is a person who refuses to admit to his or herself that sexual gratification can only be achieved through the use of machines. Get the, Get the picture. picture? Are you telling me I should come out of the closet now, Mr. Ron? You know my son. You must go closet. What? And you have eh? hey. Hey, like a lot of money. That's where they are. all live. So if you want the clients to love you, you'll have to go in there and get you one. Well, that seems simple enough. Yes, but if you want a really good one You'll have to learn a foreign language Sherman, sure, for instance That's right A lot of really cute ones come from over there 50 it bucks, is please you be my i you
0: May I have this dance I got a better idea that stuff is gold it might win for most bizarre on this show it might also win for the craziest as far as musical talent needed to play it all the musicians on those recordings are amazing there's Peter Wolfe and Tommy Mars on keyboards Vinnie Caliuta on drums Ike Willis on lead vocals and Frank himself of course as well as a whole whack of other great players. Pretty funny shit, too. She was born in Bexley Heath, Kent, England, in 1958. She's released ten studio albums in that time, which isn't really a lot in a 50-year span. The man I just played, Frank Zappa, had 50 studio albums in less time, a time cut short because of prostate cancer. And while it's mostly the musical content that makes Frank's music bizarre, in the case of Kate Bush, it's her voice, her style, the music itself. The list of singers who count her as one of their influences is long, but includes singers like Bjork, Regina Spector, Katie Lang, Paula Cole, Annie Lennox, Florence Welch, Dido, St. Vincent, Stevie Nicks, Even Stephen Wilson from Porcupine Tree and Steve Rothery of Marillion cite her work as something they admire. But it's that voice. From the first time I heard it in her hit Wuthering Heights, I was hooked. There's an innocence to it mixed with a sexuality that's hard to ignore. I'm going to play a song from her second album, Lionheart, released way back in 1978. This is wow. Kate Bush... On Pacific Northwest Radio. You're back with Songs of the Bazaar, 2, part of Green Beans, Mushroom Soup, and Strawberry Ice Cream. I'm Mark Gladstone, and we're just listening to some Kate Bush. That was the song, Wow, you just heard, released in 1978 on the album Lionheart. That song is about the music business, and it's what happened when Kate Bush sat down to write a Pink Floyd-type song, apparently. It was the second single from that album, And there's a lyric in the song that refers to Vaseline as a sexual lubricant. In the video for the song, she pats her ass when singing that lyric. And the BBC censored the video. Wow. We've come a long way, huh? Alright, next up in Songs of the Bizarre 2 is the only instrumental song of this show. Emphasis on the mental. It's written by Alberto Ginastera but I doubt you'd be familiar with the name unless you played 20th century classical music like I did. Ginastera was an Argentinian composer and is considered one of the most important composers from the 20th century. And then along came Emerson, Lake & Palmer. In 1973, they released the album Brain Salad Surgery, and one of the tracks on that album is Toccata, which is a cover of the fourth movement of Piano Concerto Number 1, by Alberto Ginastera. It features synthesized percussion in the form of an acoustic drum kit fitted with pickups that triggered electronic sounds. Pretty state-of-the-art for 1973. So here's Emerson Lake and Palmer's version, a cover of Ginastera's Toccata. You're listening to Pacific Northwest Radio. So yeah, that's a pretty crazy piece of music. Maybe that one wins for most bizarre on this show. Either that one or the Zappa tunes, I guess. Depends on where your tastes lie. That was Toccata by Emerson Lake and Palmer from their Brain Salad Surgery album released in 1973, a song originally written by classical composer Alberto Ginastera. And while we're on the subject of artists covering other artists' creations... Here's another one. It's written by Annie Ross and Wardell Gray, but I'm betting that means absolutely nothing to you. I had to look it up. But Joni Mitchell recorded it, and although it wasn't a big hit, not even a single release for her, it was included on her most successful album ever, Court and Spark. It also fits in nicely with this show because of its wandering melody, the lyrics, and the chord changes. It also features some pretty well-known musicians and entertainers. Chuck Findlay plays trumpet on this song, known for his work with Steely Dan, Toto, and Al Jarreau, and both Cheech and Chong appear on this song as well. I'm sure you'll recognize their voices when they pop up. Here's Twisted from Court and Spark, released in 1974. Some Joni Mitchell on Pacific Northwest Radio. <laughs>
3: My analyst told me that I was right out of my head. The way he described it, he said I'd be better dead than alive. I didn't listen to his jive. I knew all along that he was all wrong, and I knew that he thought I was crazy, but I'm not. Don't know. My analyst told me that I was right out of my head. He said I need treatment. But I'm not that easily led, he said I was the type that was most inclined Went out of his sight to be out of my mind And he thought I was nuts, no more if surrender but They say as a child I appeared a little bit wild with all my crazy ideas But I knew what was happening, I knew I was a genius What's so strange when you know that you're a wizard at three? I knew that this was meant to be. Now i heard little children were supposed to sleep tight. That's why I got into the vodka one night. My parents got frantic, didn't know what to do. But I saw some crazy scenes before I came to now. Do you think I was crazy? I may have been only three, but I was swinging. They all at angry young men They all at Edison And also at Einstein So why should I feel sorry If they just couldn't understand The idiomatic logic that went on in my head I had a brain, it was insane Oh, they used to laugh at me When I refused to ride On all those double-decker buses All because there was no driver on the top
4: What, no driver on the top?
1: And the chick is twisted Crazy, oops-shooby Here, flip city My analyst told
3: me That I was right out of my head But I said, dear doctor, I think that it's you instead Because I have got a thing that's unique and new To prove that I'll have the last laugh on you Because instead of one head, I got two And you know two heads are better
0: than one When's the last time you listened to a song with only bass drums, and vocals for the most part. That's pretty much all that's going on there, except for the really cool trumpet lines thrown in here and there. There's no keyboards, no guitar, no melodic instrument of any kind holding down those chord changes. So the bass is free to wander around at will. Really cool song, and nobody could sing that like Joni does. Here's a little bit of my personal life for you. Whenever my wife and I are getting ready to go out, Quite often, I'm ready before her. Hey, I get it. I've got way less to do than she does. No makeup to put on. No hair to get just right. I don't even have to change my clothes three or four times before I decide what's going to work. A guy's life in that regard is easy. Shower, throw some clothes on, and we're downstairs pacing and waiting. Believe me, I'm not complaining. But as a joke... I started playing this next song when that situation came along. I think I started using this song because I thought she would find it funny. Because the song is so weird. Also as a mild hint to hurry up, of course. But we both come to like the song too now. It makes us laugh, and that can only be good, right? I confess to owning nothing else by this band, and I've never seen them live. My wife has. A long time before her and I even met. She left the concert before it ended. Hey, it's not for everyone. But this song is a lot of fun. It can be found on Shinola Volume 1, which is a compilation album by the band Ween, full of bits and pieces by the band that mostly just didn't make any of the other albums. But that's the much shorter version. The version I'm about to play is from an EP called Craters of the Sack, which Dean Ween one of the founding members, released independently on MP3 only as a thank you to the band's fans. This is Big Fat Fuck, released in 1999, Ween, on Pacific Northwest Radio. That is one crazy-ass song. Ween, from the EP Craters of the Sack and the song Big Fat Fuck. The album cover, incidentally, is a close-up image of guitar player Dean Ween's scrotum, hence the name of the EP. And that brings us to the last song in this crazy, strange, weird show called Songs of the Bizarre 2. The last one and the last of the under-two-minute songs. And another song, Not For The Faint Of Heart. This is a hidden track found on a Blink-182 album. Another song that makes me laugh. This is Fuck A Dog on Pacific Northwest Radio.
2: mom in the ass tried to fuck your dad in the ass could only find the dog and his ass
0: You. and on that note my apologies for all the profanity tonight kids i'm really fucking sorry for that that last fucking song was from blink 182 called fuck a dog and that's a wrap kids be fucking good be fucking safe and for christ's sake be fucking nice to people it doesn't take much people get too hung up on swearing don't you think I took this from the internet, so this last part is not mine, but is interesting and raises some good points. Here goes. Perhaps one of the most interesting and colorful words in the English language today is the word fuck. It is the one magical word which, just by its sound, can describe pain, pleasure, love, and hate. In language, fuck, falls into many grammatical categories. It can be used as a verb, both transitive, John fucked Mary, and intransitive, Mary was fucked by John. It can be an action verb, John really gives a fuck. A passive verb, Mary really doesn't give a fuck. An adverb, Mary is fucking interested in John. Or as a noun, Mary is a terrific fuck. It can also be used as an adjective. Mary is fucking beautiful. Or an interjection. Fuck, I'm late for my date with Mary. It can even be used as a conjunction. Mary is easy. Fuck, she's also stupid. As you can see, there are very few words with the overall versatility of the word fuck. Aside from its sexual connotations, this incredible word can be used to describe many situations. 1. Greetings. How the fuck are you? 2. Fraud. I got fucked by the car dealer. 3. Resignation. Oh, fuck it. 4. Trouble. I guess I'm fucked now. 5. Aggression. Fuck you. 6. Disgust. Fuck me. 7. Confusion. What the fuck? 8. Difficulty. I don't understand this fucking business. 9. Despair. Fucked again. 10. Pleasure. I fucking couldn't be happier. 11. Displeasure. What the fuck is going on here? 12. Lost. Where the fuck are we? 13. Disbelief. Unfucking believable. 14. Retaliation. Up your fucking ass. Fifteen. Denial. I didn't fucking do it. Sixteen. Perplexity. I know fuck all about it. Seventeen. Apathy. Who really gives a fuck anyhow? Eighteen. Suspicion. Who the fuck are you? Nineteen. Panic. Let's get the fuck out of here. Twenty. Twenty. Directions, fuck off. 21, disbelief. How the fuck did you do that? It can be used in an anatomical description. He's a fucking asshole. It can be used to tell time. It's 5 fucking 30. It can be used in business. How did I wind up with this fucking job? It can be maternal, motherfucker. It can be political. Fuck Donald Trump. Okay, so I did put that last line in. He used to read, fuck Dan Quayle. I thought I'd make it a bit more timely. All right, that's me. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Good night, kids.